It's time for the unofficial 40. Soonerscoop.com's very official recruiting podcast featuring Soonerscoop.com recruiting publisher, Josh McQuistian. Get your recruiting fix from the leader in Sooner Recruiting. It's the unofficial 40 with your hosts, Soonerscoop.com publishers, Carrie Murdoch and Josh McQuistian. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. We're back! Back with the podcast, the unofficial 40. Uh, Eddie and I are back from Frisco, Texas, where we were just hanging out uh, during Big 12 media days. Uh, glad to be back. from a, It's it's ridiculous outside right now here in Oklahoma. Uh, it's over 100 degrees today. I think it was over 100 the entire time that we were in Dallas, too, because it was just it was miserable leaving the Ford Center every day. It has uh, gotten to the point where it is just miserable anytime you go outside, and you kind of think twice about even leaving your house at times. And I think it was just kind of like the, that first day, because I was in there, I, Eddie can tell you, I'd get up at 4.30. Like the first day I got up even earlier, because I'd never been to the Ford Center, so I wanted to make sure I got in the right place. So I, I get there, and they have an entrance that's on the exact opposite side where the media have to go in that early. And so I had to park all the way on the other side of Ford, the Ford Center and then walk all the way around and through sprinkler systems, got my pants all wet. And so I'm walking in there, looks like I just pissed myself. <laughs> like, is this what I'm supposed to be? And But that first day, you know, we wake up at 4.30, get over there, and then four, like about 5 p.m., uh, we decide to go ahead and, and get out of there because the Jaqueline Crawford commitment was going to happen at 6, right? Yeah, it was kind of imminent and we just wanted to get home and make or sure, to the hotel get the hotel make sure we were there to do all the social and all that stuff um but uh no it, it was a it was a good trip it was the first off let me shut up for a second welcome in josh mcquistian our uh recruiting publisher josh welcome to the program thanks uh love the uh local radio host intro there carrie that was nice uh eddie radosovich is here hello hello you talking about the we're back? Yes, that that was that, that was, was the Saturday Night Live episode with uh, Ben Affleck and Jimmy Fallon, like Z one hundred four. Just need to give out a couple prize packs and we'd be right there. And some Johnny Charco brother. Yeah, we could. Uh, Johnny's, if you want to sponsor the podcast, feel free. CC Rick Haynes, we'll we'll just send this to him. We'll send this. Maybe we get some. We need to get over to West to get the real Zuko chips. Yes. Eddie and I had a fine uh, dining establishment, uh, North Italia, which is actually, we are staying actually in Plano. It's right on the border there, because it, it, we go, like, right there where the Le- the shops of Legacy are, the Marriott that I like staying in. It's, like, right, it's the very end of Plano, I guess. But we went to this place called North Italia. Uh, it was, I don't know, Josh, are you are you big into, like, you know, fine dining, and, and, and are you a foodie at all? I am. I, I know I'm not to the level you are. You like when Tiffany and I went to San Antonio a few months back to go to SeaWorld, we literally went back to the uh, the pancake place that we you, Eddie and I went to a couple years ago. Magnolia like, Pancake House. Yes, yes. I ended Did you up, get the fan fanfanukin or whatever that thing was called? Yeah. Tiffany is was really into it for a while, but really once Lainey came along, it's just kind of like wherever you can get food and And she'll eat it. And slightly um, verbose child is not going to be a problem, then then that's where we're going to go. So 
like we love it when it's not that busy because we're like, well, if she acts a fool, we're all going to survive it. So, but I mean, there was in. I'm just saying this because I'm trying to to broaden Eddie's horizons. He he, Eddie's very much. I would say I can't remember the most exotic thing I've ever seen you eat. Uh, you're a picky eater, aren't you? Yeah, very picky. Like I didn't I didn't even start putting stuff on my burger until. You know, when you say stuff, years. what do you mean? Like anything. I used to just like get no meat cheese? and cheese. No, I just used to get meat and cheese. But no, but no condiment whatsoever. No condiment. No pickle. No. Uh, I don't. No like, I don't like pickles. Any any part of pickles. I don't like them. fried pickles. Uh, I mean, I'll eat them, but that's usually like in a a very drunken atmosphere, like drinking some beers. I'll. I yeah. guess I'll eat them if they're around. Do you like like cheese sticks? Oh yeah, that's right up oh, your yeah. alley. Yeah, cheese sticks. I'm I'm very picky though. Are you a chicken guy? Do you have like a preference of like Cane, Zaxby's? Chi- mm. I know you like Chick Fil A. Yeah, Chick Fil A. Uh, I think Zaxby's is good. I'd go Raisin Cane's though before that. Yeah. So it's all it's all there. It's like pizza. It's not there's there's no bad. It's just different. Yeah, I don't like uh, like pizza. I'm I'm usually just a pepperoni sausage kind of guy. No mushroom or anything like that. Oh, that's madness. Yeah, Mushroom is a requirement for any of my pizzas. Well, yeah, I don't do that. But and so, I don't so we do go, in ranch We either. go to this fantastic, it's like a modern Italian restaurant. Very good. And Eddie says the, uh, the he, he, Eddie, what you, what's bizarre about this is Eddie's such a picky eater, yet he knows pretty much everything there is to know about the fine dining industry in <laughs> Oklahoma City. Like, the, he knows the people that are opening up the Jones, which is like the rustic, if you're from Dallas. Um and you know, Graham Colton is is part owner of that, uh, and it's a cool ass place uh, down in Midtown, and you know, but he knows everything, and so like Eddie told me like we're trying to make, he's like yeah, they might be putting one of these North Italia places in Oklahoma City soon. Yeah, they uh, I I know the I guess the owner of it uh, loosely. I don't know him, but I know the guy a guy that knows him and. They've they've thought about and putting one in Oklahoma. But the City. thing is, the guy, this started out in in Phoenix or in Arizona, Tempe yeah. or something. Yeah, Tucson or Air I Phoenix think Tucson. Or, yeah, yeah, one of the two. It's a uh, it's it's so, a pretty cool idea. So it's not idea. just Oklahoma City. You're nationwide in your restaurant tour <laughs> yeah. Of knowledge. Yeah, I, I need to get some coupons or something. Some coupons or coupons, whatever. So anyway, this is a modern Italian place. The pizzas looked fantastic too. Very good. Uh. And I get this thing. It. I look at the. I love polenta. Uh, and I love grits too. Like anything kind of creamy and corny, I'm down with it. And so it had this. Uh, it was a braised. It was a red wine braised short rib, with uh, uh, carrots. I can't remember how they just glazed carrots, and it was in a, a creamy mascarpone polenta. Like at the bottom of it, and then it had like Swiss chard with it, and it was fantastic. And I was like, Eddie, this is like some of the best food I've ever seen. Just take a guess at what Eddie orders, Josh. I'm gonna go with like lasagna or something. Spaghetti. You're thinking too like, far outside the box. Spaghetti and meatballs is what Eddie. <laughs> got. It was fantastic too. But I had a Caesar salad as well. Yeah, and, Caesar salad was good. I forced him to try Zucco chips, which are just really thin zucchinis uh, that are deep fried or bat. You know, like the ones at West in Oklahoma City, like have a tempura batter and a dipping sauce with them, and they're just the best things ever. 
but Eddie actually liked the Zuka chips. Yeah, they weren't bad at all. They weren't bad at all. I, I think that uh, North Italia, I was trying to explain it to my parents, and I, I said that it is like a Fazoli's, but on steroids and that's a thousand times this? better. Yeah. <laughs> Because that's what it was. Uh, oh, your reference, your Italian. You can't say like Olive Garden or Zio's or it, like because it wasn't anywhere close to those. But Fazoli's better. is is high cotton for you. No, no, I haven't eaten at Fazoli's in a long time. But are those even in Oklahoma anymore? I think there's one on Expressway still. There was that's one. The only one I know of. Yeah, there was one. Oh, in there's Norman. one on Penn as well. Oh, okay, so over they by still the Sam's, I think so. Yeah. So we can have two Fazoli's, but I can't get a damn Moe's. Except at the airport. It's a Chipotle world we live in. Every time I come home from the airport, I don't eat so I can go get a quesadilla at Moe's at the airport. Which, that doesn't even make any sense. Like, how do you support a Moe's? They fly in the chicken every day? And the black beans? You gotta go through security to get it. Because that godforsaken Freebirds place took took over the Moe's that was over there in Belle Isle. And that place those are big in Houston. Those, yeah, there's those, a lot that's of Freebirds. Such crap. Freebirds is Freebirds is yeah. such crap. I, I like it. I think it's okay. I, I I'm not the Chipotle Moe's crazy person that some people are though. Like I I'm a big Qdoba guy. I think they're fairly interchangeable most of the time. I don't so. stray from uh, Chipotle or Fuzzies. I'm kind of like uh, uh, Chuka and Dulaway. Like I I literally can get in a mode. Well, until all the restaurants started getting shut down. Where I would eat, I could eat Chipotle every day. Yeah, I probably could too. So anyway, uh, there was our fine dining experience. Uh, I will say that the food that at the Ford Center they have like the Fox Sports mixer or whatever. Uh, and I met, I met a guy from Norman that runs a blog, and I, and he was a super nice guy, like Land Grand Gauntlet or something like that. Super nice guy. So uh, shout out to you, good sir, for going down, because there's a lot of people at Rivals that don't even go to that thing. So it was a very Eddie makes money because of it. It was a great event, I, I would say, and I I hate to give the Big Twelve so much credit. It really worked out way better than I thought it would. Being on, being all on, I like I hated it. Like if the Omni was open, it would have been perfect. Mm-hmm. That was the only pain in the ass is that you know it would have been nice like on Tuesday. To go up in the room or something and come back down. But that was the only negative. When they moved that back, I can see why the SEC would want to have it there. I thought it was a pretty cool little stage that they set for the Big 12 media. Except we just need a camera with a better zoom next time. Well, we were 45 yards away from the (laughs) stage. I mean, Jesus. We were like on the 50 and the guys were talking in the end zone. Yeah, it was was far. But I, I just, I thought everything went really well for... You never know what the Big 12 is going to do as far as setting things up, and usually you can imagine how disappointing it is, but I thought everything went really well. Okay, so uh, here's the thing, and I don't know. This was my pet peeve this week uh, of everyone. It was with Tom Herman, it was with Matt Rule, and it was certainly with Lincoln Riley. But the whole like take of so-and-so had a great first impression, like... Lincoln Riley had an amazing day at Big 12 Media Day. And, like, he talked. Like, all these guys get head coaching jobs because they can talk. They re- yeah. They're not idiots. They're not coming in and saying racist things and, you know, being homophobic. I mean, Jim Grobe had the worst Big 12 Media Day that I've ever seen. 
and yet everybody was just kind of like, eh. You know, I mean, but there's no, there's no, let's let them play some damn football. Let's let them call some plays, you know, face a fourth and one on their own 30-yard yeah. line before we start talking about what a great day these these first-year coaches had. Great first impression. He killed it. Yeah. I mean, just get, shut up. It's uh, it's, it's very, it, I don't, it, I guess as a whole, the Big 12 media days and media days as a whole is, it's like the last, I think I put it on the board, it's the last speed bump of the summer that you have to get through that you would never like to return back to. Because I think it's pretty worthless at, as a whole. Yeah, I mean, we kind of do the same thing, which is uh, you, you go and you try and get guys on the side to talk to them during their downtime. And then, like, I've still got to get through an, an entire hour and a half of Lincoln Riley just talking, which Eddie, I know Eddie's biggest pet peeve out of this deal was that, and we knew this going in, like, you're going to get a lot of the same questions, like, uh, what was it like when you found out that Bob Stoops was stepping down? I mean, um, you know, the Baker Mayfield stuff was asked constantly. Uh, it, it just, you knew that the stuff that's already been covered but that's just one that was going to be asked, but that's just part of this event when you have national media. You have to get through it. You have to get through it. And there, I mean, there were some, there were some things that I took out of it. Like, you know, talking to Baker, um, he, what was Baker? Like he had a haircut and he looked like a little kid. Yeah, he did. It was so weird. Like he was clean shaven. He, he just didn't look scraggly at all. No, yeah. He, clean cut, I guess would be the best way to say it. But, and I was I was talking to him, and he and I know he was kind of beaten down because he, he he just had to answer the questions about the Arkansas stuff over and over again. And so I just looked at him after a few answers. I'd been standing there for a couple minutes, and I was like, "Have you toned it down?" And he was like, "He was like what? Like on the field?" I was like, "No, like you, Baker Mayfield. Have you toned it down? Is, ba- is Baker Mayfield toned down?" And he looked at me. He goes, "Are you trying to insult me?" Because he just he 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 was just so not Baker. There wasn't that chip on his shoulder, yeah. and you know the 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 anger, you know, boiling up inside. It, it was it was weird. It was yeah. I would I would agree, and it was also just really awkward. Like people not really coming after him, but just the whole aspect of his arrest over the summer. I think is, I mean, it's probably embarrassing to talk about. And yeah. He doesn't know which which angle people are coming from, but. It's just like you would think that some of these people thought that he had, you know, gone through a rape conviction over the summer. It is. It is. I'm sorry, Josh. Go ahead. No, I, I we've talked about. It. I, I was gonna. I'm gonna go on the rant. I'll avoid it. I don't understand how this still a topic. Like I, I just. I don't get it. I don't get why. Why you carry? You and I were talking. You know, with with everybody's favorite catch last night on Twitter a little bit and kind of loosely around this topic, but. I don't even know how you compare, like, why, why is he held to a different standard than every other college kid in the country? He made a stupid decision while he was drinking. Welcome to 50% of college students. Like, I I, I don't know. I, we, we will. We've talked about it before. It's the Joe yeah, Mixon shadow. I don't want to go into yeah. that. I mean, it's yeah. the Joe Mixon shadow. And every, it's just like I wrote the thing about Jordan Thomas last night. It's like there were so many things that had happened that, yeah, it was really bad when he got arrested for assault and battery, but at the same time, he was out at a bar 
you know, we see. I mean, like, look at that Arkansas video that people thought was Baker. Like those bouncers. Yeah. Like those bouncers are animals. They're out. Of, they are bouncers because they want to fight. So, like, when you go to a bar and things get out of control, you don't know is is, is was did he start a fight or did he get in an argument with a bouncer and it just went south really fast? It's, it's always interesting how these things are, I guess, viewed publicly. But, I mean, Jordan just Thomas like, put himself in that position by right. being a knucklehead right. for, for a full year. It's just that I think that the thing that always surprises me is the people that are just, like, disgusted by these, <laughs> these college kids that they go out and they're, you know, they're at bars, they're underage drinking, and they need to be a better, better people for society because they play football. Those, those types of people are the types because of people. Because they get a scholarship and they, they're special. Yes, and it's just like, those are the types of people that get angry about that. Like there was somebody yesterday that was all hot and bothered on Twitter with me because he wanted to know why Jim Ross stands on the sidelines. Like those are the types of people that I'm glad <laughs> that bad things happen to. He's like, mad that Jim Ross stands on the sidelines. Yeah, he's like, why? Who, who lets him down there? And, and I told I told him he had a pathetic lie. First off, and when you have oh, activists man. in your Twitter bio, by the way, that automatically red flags me as somebody that I already hate. Activist, I should share a policy that Tiffany has. If you have more than three bumper stickers on your car, your crazy likel- uh, likelihood goes up tremendously yes. in Tiffany's eyes. And I find that she's probably right in this theory. Like, no doubt, you, you get that many bumper stickers, like something's something's not right with you. Yeah, like you want to drive around in your what are the in your Mini Cooper with your thirteen point one or your twenty six point two. Sure. You know, thing on it in the corner. That's fine. Yeah. But yeah, you, not cool. But you still start. Fine. You start throwing feel the burn stickers all over your car and just any. If you have anything that has anything with, uh, and not to get political, but if you have anything that is uh, in terms of replacing Obamacare on the back of your car, go ahead and never leave your house. <laughs> we st- didn't we see one of those the other day? Yeah. It just like it, it blows my mind. Some dude in a Cadillac, wasn't it? Yeah. And he's driving like a dickhead. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah, he was. Eddie, that's not the first be, political warning. Not to be political. First political warning. Um, Next yeah. time will be a week. Hey, we live in a world where O.J. Simpson is getting out of prison. <laughs> I think that all the wheels are off. By the way, uh, moment of silence here. I know for Eddie, this is a very emotional day. Chester Bennington bites the dust. <sighs> Kills himself, hangs himself. Is that what he how he went out? That how it went, I knew he was suicide. I didn't hear the hanging. Wow. I, I I I don't. I'm I'm. I saw that on Twitter. I didn't really okay. research it. Gotcha. But I mean, Chris Cornell and now Chester Bennington, and literally, it's like since the moment I heard that, the only thing in my head is what I do. I mean, like I cannot get Lincoln Park songs out of my head now. It's a it's a sad day at Putnam City North. Because uh, that was that was the uh, that was the workout CD of choice for uh, for the 2005 2006 Putnam City North Panthers and what did you call that summer workout Iron Claw it was it's a very sad day hopefully they uh, have a moment of silence in the morning before they uh, start working out yeah I might have to start working on Lincoln Park stuff for the morning now it uh that's a shame see Cornell at least that was worth listening to. <laughs> God, he's not even cold. You think the band's I, better off now? God, 
that's false. I don't mean like I have. Uh, sorry, the guy died, and I won't pretend that I didn't have some Lincoln Park stuff. But like Chris Cornell, you go back and you're like, God, that was really good. Like I don't feel like you go back to Lincoln Park and you're like, Man, why did they quit making records? Like I, I don't, I don't feel like you're that way. Like, oh, that was kind of a window of time, and yep, they they kind of made like emo rap music. I don't really know how else to say that. So, yeah, it was kind of like it was kind of like Third Eye Blind, Three Eleven. You know, rap rock. Yeah. Kind of chili but, peppers thrown in there a little bit. Yeah, but he was just like, uh, he was the part that I always struggled with because I loved his voice. Like, dude really did. He had a great voice, but like, I I don't know. I, I, I couldn't get there with like a rock. It was, it's kind of like Drake. Like, Drake will sing like this really upbeat rap song and he's talking about how sad he is about all the women he's got to hook up with. And you're like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, why would you be sad about that? <laughs> and with Bennington, you're like, you're singing this fast paced, ragey rock music. And like, your dad wasn't nice to you. Like what? I, I don't know what happened here. Like th- this doesn't make any sense to me. By the way, I will say this. I, we need in Oklahoma city. We need that. They had a, they called it like old school hip hop, but it wasn't, Old, I mean, it was, it was like all like I just finished watching the Defiant ones, and it was like all the uh, Dr. Dre, you know, era. I mean, it had like a lot of a lot of N.W.A., a lot of Dre, a lot of uh, Eminem. It had some Fifty Cent in it, uh, but like it was like the best station, and we listened to it the entire time. Oh yeah, one hundred five point one or whatever. No, ninety four point five, I think. Oh, in Dallas, yeah, yeah, that was really good. But man, we need that anyway. That's. We used to have one. It was 103.5, and now I don't think that they play music anymore. I don't know what they do. Hmm. Uh, See, that's the rap. That's the rap I grew up on. Like every everybody can always think their like their genre or their era of music is the good one. But for me, I'm actually right. Like that's the best rap ever. No, period. it's like it's like when debate. you had yeah when you had you know. It's like, have you watched Defiant Ones? Oh, I have. I loved it. Yeah, it, like it, the whole really some of the best stuff I've seen. Like after Dre leaves NWA, like all the artists that came out of it. And I know, like the the aftermath stuff bombed at, at the beginning, but like the stuff that they were doing with Suge Knight and Death Row Records. I mean, when you had Biggie and Puffy on the East Coast, and then you had Tupac and Dre and and Snoop Dogg and 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 that era and then like yep. when he leaves and then Eminem comes and, and 50 cent 50 cent comes and I mean you it's just early Nas and Jay-Z yeah. I mean like you're you're talking about really just the tight I mean guys that are still making records 20 years later and still making like better than most of the the young guys now don't get me wrong there's still a few guys out there that are really good but that era of talent's just ridiculous by the way if you're if you're uh Jay-Z like is is the shine coming off of him a little bit with the whole 444 and like title? Like when you watch Defiant, would you realize that Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre did it? Like I don't know anybody's gonna do it as big as they did it by selling beats to Apple of all people. Because now Apple is Apple has their music service. You have Spotify, and I don't know anybody because I'm a white guy. I don't know anybody that that has a, a title subscription. I think there's a lot. I mean, Jay Z's pretty awesome. I wasn't getting a title subscription just so I could hear his album early, though. Uh, no. I don't know anybody that... I mean, nowadays you can get... Somehow, some way, you can get it. But I do know there were a lot of people that did. So anyway, but uh, back to 
we'll stop being off topic for a little bit. Back to the Big 12 uh, media days. Break down the 4-3. <laughs> We're getting there. Let Josh <laughs> talk. Uh, so Big 12 media days, it, it was it was really good. They, they did it up right. Uh, I think they should keep doing it there. But... You know, overall, I'll say this, and and I'm kind of working on a you know Lincoln's day and how he he you know his people's impressions of him, but we finally got to have the moment where Lincoln was the head coach publicly for the first time, and it was weird, it was different, but at the same time, it made me think about like who Bob Stoops was as a coach because you kind of get this with Gary Patterson, but Bob Stoops when he would walk into a room. The he just exuded intensity, like everything about him, just his his attitude, the way that he approached people. Uh, you know, he could he could be lighthearted, but he was so intense. Like I don't know that I've ever been around a person that is as intense as Bob Stoops was. He was kind of the definition of a power move guy. Like when it was Oklahoma's day at Big Twelve Media Days in the last. However many years I've been down there, it was like, Bob Stoops is going to be here. I mean, we kind of know what to expect, but everybody gravitated towards that. And see, like, Mike Gundy kind of gave away having that aura, I thought, when he went into, because of the this is 40. You know, I'm yeah. a man, I'm 40. Like, when that happened, he just became kind of a, a, a loose cannon coach. But, like, Gary Patterson... He's intense. Like the stuff that he's gone off on with Baylor over the years, uh, he speaks his mind. He says what he wants, but he doesn't have those championships that Bob had to kind of elevate him to that, you know, stud level of yeah. coaches. Well, and there's there's a certain just level of like, you know, I, I think with Mike Gundy, you'd be a lot more apt or a lot a, a lot more able to ask like a kind of a silly question. Yeah, you could you could screw around with them a little bit more you pretty much knew that you weren't going to get much of a rise out of Bob unless you had a really good relationship with him. I think, you know, Carrie, you probably could. I don't know very many people that couldn't or could, though, that, like, could get away with something like that. He had to know there you. Was, yeah, there, there was, was no, no screwing around. Yeah, there was no screw around era, or, I mean, uh, time for that with Bob. And I think that, and Eddie, you're good at doing that. Like, you you did that to Baker yeah. over the weekend. But, I've, got it, I've gotten it with uh, Lincoln a couple times. We'll see how he acts as a head coach. Yeah, I got one. That's a good question from him, so I made my day, kind of. He's Because uh, he I, does do that. Like He's not bullshitting. Like If he yeah. thinks a question's good, he'll tell you. Yeah. And, you know, the thing with Lincoln, too, is is I don't, I don't know... I don't... I don't want to say that nobody respects him because that's, I think I, th I walked away thinking that was the complete obvious or opposite effect of, I was wondering how the players were going to take like him giving that hard ass I'm the head coach speech. And then listening to Orlando Brown, it sounds like they couldn't, it, it's the exact opposite. They have more than enough respect for him. I don't, I guess what I'm saying is I was, wor I was kind of wondering and worried about, could he be the hard ass coach? I think he can after this weekend. I think everybody on the outside is doing the same thing I noticed myself doing with Tom Herman a little bit. Like, I was sitting at the radio station this morning and we had the TVs on, and Tom Herman was on Sports Center. And I'm looking at him and I'm going, he just looks like a dork. Like, his eyebrows look, you know, they're, they're real sharp and yeah. he looks evil. Like, he looks like an evil character in a movie because of his eyebrows. If you could see 
the picture that's in my head. But it really is like, I'm kind of like, well, we'll see. I mean, I know this guy's a hot coach and everything, but... Are you at- reporting that Tom Herman is part of ISIS? <laughs> no. Uh, but I am saying, you know, he had some tough losses at Houston. I mean, people remember that OU win, but they did not play particularly well. That I mean, they geared their entire season towards beating OU. I mean, do you remember how uninspired that performance at Louisville was that last was year? That was terrible. Like, that was on a Thursday night. Everybody was watching it. Yeah. And they just pretty much got ran off the field. They did, yeah. It was ugly. So, you know, I, I'll, I'll see. I mean, everybody keeps talking about, oh, well, Texas has got as much talent as everybody as anybody else. I don't think that they do. I don't know that they do at the skill positions on offense or at the quarterback position. It It was very interesting just to see, like, the, I get not love affair, but I mean, the Texas media loves them. Some head yeah. football coach at Texas. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Just look how they, the difference in, I guess, almost voice of the questions to Tom Herman, as opposed to the questions to Cliff Kingsbury. And Kingsbury was in that position four years ago. Yeah. It's just kind of funny how everything works. And Lincoln Riley will be in a different situation too, if he doesn't win at Oklahoma. But, but I think, you know, on the outside, people look at Lincoln and they say, well, you know, OU thinks that they're just going to pass the torch and everything's going to be smooth, but there's no way losing Bob Stoops is, you know, he. I mean, he's got to prove that he can make it a smooth. I I agree with that, but to take the to take the the position that OU is in trouble or to to just forget about the fact that they're really still the only team in this conference besides Texas capable of playing real defense. I mean, they are. And we saw the guys that they had in the spring. And, Josh, you know through recruiting. Uh, but, I mean, just looking at Caleb Kelly and Obo Karankwo and even the young guys that they have. I mean, I think Addison Gums looks like a guy that's going to contribute as a true freshman backing up Obo. And we'll see on the, you know, the linebacker positions. But in the secondary, I mean, Will Sunderland's a tough loss. But still, Parker, Thomas, uh, Parker, I mean... That's a really good secondary. Stephen Parker mentioned Ryan Jones is a guy that has really impressed him over the summer. At, at and safety. he's a guy that'll be competing, and as for well Will as Robert, as well as Robert Barnes. But I don't know. I mean, Josh, what do you think just about defensive talent in the conference? Oh, I mean, it's Texas is good up front. I mean, I, you can't lie there. Texas is good up front. I think Oklahoma is as good at linebacker as they've been in probably a decade. I mean, at least by the you way, know, Kenneth now, Murray just people just. Obo yeah. could not say enough about how hard he's worked this summer. Exactly. And I, and I should I should clarify that. I'm not saying that when Oklahoma walks out on the field that first week, they're going to be the best linebacking core they've had in a decade. I'm saying the talent is there to get to that level. Caleb Kelly is a potential first-rounder. Uh, Addison Gums has elite potential. Kenneth Murray, I, you know, he hasn't played a down yet, and I already feel like I got him wrong. Like, I mean, that that's how big the buzz is on him, and you guys know it too. Like, everybody raves about what a player he's become, and he's one of those guys that you just can't forecast. He was a he's a Mark, guy. He's a Mark Clayton as a linebacker. I mean, yeah, he, he's completely redefined his entire body. He was 205 playing safety when I saw him again, uh, in, the Elkins, in an Elkins game last year, probably 10 months ago. And now he's 242 
playing uh, Mike linebacker. Like that's just crazy. You can't you can't tell me you could see that coming. So I like what I see from Oklahoma. They've got to figure out that other safety deal, and they've got to get things cleared up on the defensive line because I just. I know every, the coaching staff loves Matt Romar, and I, and I get it at times. But, man, that dude, like, he can't stay healthy. It's not like yeah. some guys you're like, oh, you know, he got hurt, no big deal. This is a recurring deal, and I think it's probably because he's a guy that's probably playing a little heavier than his body's meant to handle. So I, I think that's part of it. But, yeah, around the conference, though, <laughs> there, I mean – there's not those guys where you're like, oh, yeah, that, that dude's going to be real. Like, And I don't even know who the next guy is. I love Dorrance Armstrong at Kansas, but like, you don't see a, like a Willis at Kansas State, like that surefire guy. Like Everybody knew that um, – is it, was it Jonathan Willis? I'm going to blank out on his name right now from Kansas State that won Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. It was uh, Willis, yeah. Yeah, I can't – God, I'm blanking on his first name. Does, doesn't matter. We all know who I'm talking about. But – I don't see a lot of those guys that you're like, yeah, okay, just give it a little time. Even at Iowa State for years, they would have a couple of linebackers or some DBs that really jumped out at you. I don't see those guys around the conference, and I think it's just, it's like you said, Kerry, it's something every school in the Big 12 is having to fight in recruiting of why would you go there? It doesn't matter. You're going to get torched no matter what you do. Come play an XYZ conference because you actually have a chance to look like a good defensive player. Jordan Willis is Jordan That's Willis. What yeah, Jordan defense Willis. tackle. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And but yeah. Well, and and yeah, I mean, I think Romar is you're right. He's a concern. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they're very high on Neville Gallimore still. Uh yeah. so I just I don't think Devontae Lampkin's gonna help them. I just don't get the sense like he's had a great summer. He was overweight coming out of the spring. Uh I, I, I don't think people are counting on him. I think the I don't even know how to say how, how do you say that Fa Matu? Yeah, Fa Fa it may be Tau, but it's Fa Matau. Like, yeah. Now I've heard really good things about it. They think that he can be, come in and be an instant backup to to Romar. So what a what a I, I thought it was interesting, got a little bit of clarification just on Amani Bledsoe's situation. And Kerry, I know you can shed a little bit more light on that. Definitely out four games to start the season, but uh and Lincoln didn't say this, but he said four now. It's four games. The The appeals process is still going, and there is still a chance that he could get a waiver. Uh, and there's all kinds of things behind it, uh, but apparently this is not an isolated incident with him and whatever the substance was. So there is a chance that the NCAA could rule that he's eligible immediately to start the season. And that, if he is, I... I get the sense that they're gonna, you know, maybe even look at him, you know, drilling him down to a tackle position. Even that would be a uh, a big coup for Oklahoma, I think, defensively, if they could get just another adding another body. I mean, I think that I think as a whole, we're probably putting a little bit too much stock in Amani Bledsoe just because we don't know what he can bring. I think a lot of people saw what he could bring in the limited action that he that he did get, but. You know, to say that he's going to come in and be an all-conference guy, I think, is a little much right now, just because he hasn't produced that much. And see, Eddie, I'm sorry, go ahead, Josh. No, I mean, and it's so because I'm so torn. You know, as a recruiting guy, I love to get into the hype and the buzz and all that thing. And I think you guys know. I mean, I came back a couple of years ago from Semper Fi, and he was clearly the guy that caught my eye. I, he he really jumped off, and I liked John Michael Terry while I was out there. Austin Kendall. I mean, there was a lot of OU guys 
out there that year, but that was my first chance to see him in person. And, I, you know, I'd love to see what he's done with his body because he was always kind of lanky and lean, even for being, you know, 265, 270, being a big kid like he was. But that that's a guy that I felt like once he got in a weight program and got with, you know, college coaches and really learned the fundamentals, I, I don't feel crazy to say that if you were going to say who's Oklahoma's second most uh, high-level potential defensive lineman, I'd say it's Imani Bledsoe behind Neville Gallimore. I think Imani Bledsoe has NFL kind of ability. Now, that's crazy because he's played almost nothing. We don't know. Eddie's exactly right about all of that. But if you're just talking about what, where, you know, how high is his ceiling, other than Gallimore, I don't think there's anybody that's all that close. Well, and Eddie, you kind of hit up Baker on uh, Sedarian Lamb and, and uh, Charleston Rambo. And yeah. I, I've go ahead and, and kind of relay that conversation a little bit. And, and uh, but, you know, and I asked him about working with Jeff Bidette a little bit. And, and he says, you know, Bidette reminds him a lot of Geno Lewis and in, in just how he's handled himself and carried himself and uh, thinks that he could definitely be a, a big contributor for them. Yeah, it was really interesting to hear him talk about, you know, two guys that he's virtually worked with for, what, a month and a half over the summer. And, you know, there's so many people want to know about the ins and outs of these these, I guess, player-oriented practices the over the summer. You know, seven on seven and stuff. Yeah, so there's only there's only so much that I can put stock into it. But, you know, listening to a guy like Baker talk about him, and he flat out said that he thinks they're going to be two of the better players to come through here. And, you know, I think that, A, taking him seriously on that, I think you can. But I, I, I think it, you should also be a little cautious in that, you wonder how much they truly are going to be in the rotation this season, how much they can catch on early in practice. Can they make some, some, I guess, big time, you know, game changing plays. And, you know, I think that CD lamb is obviously a guy that I think a lot of people have uh, kind of circled as that, that next guy, but, you know, needless to say, Baker was very high on both of them. And he said that they were both guys that can, you know, they can go up, make plays and, and, and score the balls. And I think that's something that obviously you're looking for in a wide receiver. And, I, I just I, I wonder how much these guys are actually going to play. And, you know, it was something that I kind of thought about on the way home from Big 12 Media Days, Kerry, was the fact that do we think that freshmen are going to maybe play more? Does Is that an aspect of Lincoln Riley as a head coach that we don't know about? Because, you know, so many people were always in that mode of we heard about him as freshmen, but they never saw the lineup under Stoops. Does Lincoln Riley being a younger guy take a bigger chance on some of these guys? Well, remember what I told you. Um I look at freshmen that have played over the years. I think about, you know, 2005. I think about uh, Malcolm Kelly. Mm -hmm. And it was like five or seven games into the season before he had his first touchdown catch, I think. Uh, but he was playing with a freshman quarterback. They did not have an established quarterback on that team. It was Paul Thompson, start of the year, struggled, got replaced by Rep Omar. Uh, Mark Clayton redshirted. And I'm trying to think, just go through. Malcolm Kelly became a great receiver, but if you have a great quarterback like Baker Mayfield, I don't necessarily think that you need to play freshman because Baker Mayfield's going to throw the ball where it's supposed to go. You don't want a couple guys, no matter how talented they might be, you don't need two receivers that don't really know what they're doing out there. Yeah. Like they might, they might break off a route or they might run a wrong route. Uh, and Baker's going to throw the ball out and, you know, 
not going to have a chance to complete a pass because it's on the receiver. You run the wrong route against Ohio State and it gets picked off and back for six. That could be the game. Yeah. So, I mean, having a Jeffrey Meade that's that's been with him, been in battle, scored touchdowns you know, on passes that Baker's thrown, uh, Mark Andrews, and I even throw Grant Calcaterra in there. I mean, as good as he's looked, he's still a freshman. So yeah. I don't know how much you want to rely on. And if you've got a Jeff Bidet, I mean, these are guys that, you know, that he can trust in when he drops back to pass that they're going to be in the right spots. And to me, that's probably more valuable in the course of a season than it is to, you know, have a couple of really talented guys out there on the field that you don't know if you can trust them to do the right thing all the time. And I'm sure no one wants to hear that. <laughs> well, do, do you put something in place? Like I, I thought it was, you know, talking about Eddie's conversation with Baker, Baker mentioned, you know, CD's one of those guys that can go get it. You know, just just yeah. go go up, jump ball, you know, that kind of thing. I'm interested to see if OU would put something in place. Like you guys said, you don't want to put too much on him, especially going to Columbus. It's going to be a crazy atmosphere. That's a lot to throw on a young guy. And especially, you know, as he's learning the offense and routes and all the other things he's got to know. But, okay, we're going to have you do two things here, Sedarian. You're, you're going to read that corner, and you're going to do this, or you're going to do that, and that's all we're going to worry about in the game. And to me, like, I, I feel like that is something he can handle, and you're giving him a chance to go make plays and be, you know, the guy that he is, which is probably uh, among the more physically talented receivers we've seen at OU. You know, but remember, remember this. This is a point I made to you. Remember 2008. You had Sam Bradford, great quarterback, Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. Other than Jermaine Gresham, that receiving core was junk. I mean, yeah. you had a young Ryan Broyles that wasn't Ryan Broyles yet. And, yep. I mean, Joaquin Iglesias was a nice college player. But Manny Johnson, he wasn't any good. I mean, the quarterback, as long as he has receivers that are adequate and are in the right place at the right time, you can win with that. You're in right. 2008, they scored more points than any team in the history of college football. Yeah. And, well, and just look at what, I mean, we were they were in this position last season as well. You know, everybody wanted to know who was going to step up and be Sterling Shepard. And Nick Basquin, by the way, is is a really good player for Baker. I think that that's that highlights the best things that Lincoln Riley does is put guys in position. Like, I I just don't see any situation where they can't move the football. I guess would be the best way to. Put yeah. It. See, I mean, and I think ninety five percent of the time you guys are right. But you're talking about Ohio State, who probably has better athletes than Oklahoma, which mm -hmm. uh, how often does OU run into that? Never. I mean, hardly ever. And Ohio State's one of the three or four teams in the country that could probably pretty easily make that distinction. And so do you – I mean, that, and that and I understand. Like, there's a risk to it, but you also have – you have a chance to run a guy out there that is of that level that can go make plays against elite, elite guys. And I don't know that you – and I, I think Nick Basquin's a very st steady player. But let's look at last year. Oklahoma at home struggled to move the ball. And that was – I mean, don't get me wrong. That secondary, I think, ended up with, what, three first-rounders? So, like, it, don't get me wrong. It, that, there's no blame in that. But Ohio State's defensive line is going to be a step faster because they're playing at home. They're not going to have to worry about, you know, uh, they'll have crowd noise on their side. That's going to help. I mean, there's a lot that's going to go against Oklahoma. So for me to just assume that, well, they're going to be okay because they've got a good quarterback. Well, they had a good quarterback last year and they fell apart. I think the biggest difference between that team, though, at the beginning of the season was how much they gelled at the end of the season. I, I mean, if, if OU plays Ohio State again in the 11th game of the season, I think that 
It's a very, it's a, it's a much game, more yeah. competitive sure. game. Sure. And you I'd didn't agree. have a healthy D.D. Westbrook in that game either. True. It's a great point. Yep. You're right. I mean, but again, why would D.D. have made a difference? Because D.D.'s special. Like, well, yeah. I mean, that that's that's why you need those kind of guys. And like I said, I'm not saying Lamb's D.D. I don't want to make that, but is it, you know, but especially is it, right is now. Is it as much D.D. being special, or is it just that D.D. had so much speed that because they had a great offensive line and they could run the ball, that he got a lot of single coverage? Yeah, no, you're right. But, okay, so who in the run game scares Ohio State right now? I mean, it's a good question. <laughs> they don't scare anybody because none of them played. I Nobody mean, knows. That's what I'm saying. So like, I, I'll you, tell you this. You I love, I love Barcelia off. Sutton. I love that kid. I think he's going to be good. I think, you know, it's, it's, it's very easy to say that OU's offensive line is going to be so good that they cover up a lot of those issues, I think. Or is it too I, I easy to say that? I mean, I, I, I don't think anybody had a bigger man crush on Rodney Anderson than Josh. Me? Oh, no. No, no, no. Not me. Uh... I, I mean, I like him from a physical standpoint. I mean, he's a big, great-looking athlete, but he's not – I never saw him as, like, the next Joe or, you know, any of those elite guys. I didn't see him on that level. He was just a nice physical back that they got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I don't want it to get off as, a, as something where I don't see him – that's kind of my issue with this group of running backs. Like, I think there's a lot of pretty good to really good players in there. I don't know that I see the bell cow. I don't know that I see a guy that with the right amount of carries is a fifteen hundred yard back. You know the uh, the the, the name ahead. that just keeps coming up to me for wide receiver too is a guy that I think has been largely forgotten about over the summer is Michael Jones. I was gonna bring him up earlier, yeah. I mean I'm he, a huge fan. He he was a guy that there's you gonna know, be a he jump played as a freshman point, last yeah. season. And I would think that we you know, even though you didn't see a whole lot of him over the summer or the spring, I I still think that he's a guy that Obviously, is extremely talented. He he kind of fits that talent pool, Josh, doesn't he? Yeah, he. I mean, people forget he was a Rivals One Hundred kid. Right. This isn't just some dude. This is a and I to be and to be fair, full disclosure, I was probably saying a lot of the same things about him last year that I'm saying now about you know we'll have to go back and listen to the old podcast, but probably some similar storylines were emerging because we were having this conversation last year of who could be the next Sterling. And now it's who's the next DD. So, I mean, Mike, Michael Jones is a very talented guy. People forget he was coming off a knee injury last year. That was his first. I mean, he played a little bit in high school afterward, but you could tell he wasn't right. And they always say, you know, that second year is when everything kind of clicks back in line. And I, you've got to think that's him. You know, that that's going to be him now. And, I mean, you're talking about a guy that's six foot, well put together, and can run. I mean, what, what's not to like about that? And he is one of those guys that's that elite athlete that I think can challenge people vertically and maybe loosen up some of those running lanes. Because I think this year it's going to be the opposite of what we've talked about, where last year you saw that offensive line come together and the ground game really took off and it just made everything easy for D.D. Westbrook. I think it's going to have to be in reverse this year. Oklahoma's going to have to get that passing game going to open up some things because everybody's going to want to crowd um, that run game just because I mean that that's just the way that's going to be because of that offensive line and the things they can do. Yeah, I it, it's it's going to be interesting with the running backs because how I, I, we don't know about Rodney Anderson. I I I still love what I saw of Marcellus Sutton in the spring game, uh, and that was even not at a hundred percent. As much as we give credit to the offensive line. Is it a hot take to say that Dimitri Flowers could be one of the most important parts of this offense? 
Is that too hot? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's too hot. Is there? I mean, is I there th- any position where OU's been that consistently good for a long period of time? Never. I mean, their their fullbacks just one after another are really, really good for a decade now. Since JD Runnels, yeah, yeah, more yeah. than a decade. I mean, I, you know, even even at running back, you had a Dominique Whaley in there who was a fine player, but not anybody really, you know, not somebody that OU fans of years from now are going to remember. Uh, but I mean, those guys for ten years they've had fullbacks playing at all American levels. I mean, Aaron Murkowski is probably one of the most underrated players of the Stoops era. There's another hot take. No, I, I, I would agree with that. He's having a hell of a career with the Packers. Oh, that damn fumble. That is true. When's the that last time we money. I'm just I'm going through the OU roster here, just making sure I'm not leaving anything out, but uh when's the last time anybody posted about Ricky DeBerry? <laughs> Mm. <laughs> pre-spring I, that was like every other post was about ricky DeBerry and moving yeah. to middle linebacker yeah. and how it's going to be the next big thing yeah and it took about a week of practice for mike stoops to go yeah i don't think the kid's got a future I mean, he didn't say he, that but he said that he might as well it. have said it and rivals had him ranked really highly so this isn't a the coaches got this wrong. A lot of people got Ricky DeBerry wrong. You were not, I, I, I never can say you were it. not high on Ricky DeBerry. I, I never that. was. I didn't get it. I didn't see a guy. Like, you watch Addison Gums on film or Caleb Kelly, you're like, man, that dude's twitchy. Like, the first word that cut when you look at an outside linebacker, if you know what the word twitchy means, that's what you should be thinking if you're talking about a guy that's elite. Like, they, they change direction really naturally. They're explosive out of their breaks. Everything should look a little fast. You almost wonder if the tape sped up. And with Ricky, you were like, dude, speed that tape up. Like, may- maybe we need to run this a little fast because you just weren't seeing stuff. And I think he was such a big kid in early age, and he hails from an area that tends to be very well regarded by Rivals.com. Um, and I, I think I, <laughs> some people are going to get that. Um, I-, I-, I just I thought he was always a little overrated. And I think you go back to one of the – Oh, I don't know how you want to word this, but one of the more interesting kind of backroom conversations that I heard things about was the recruitment of Ricky DeBerry. Like, I think everyone always assumes all the coaches are on the same page with everything. I can tell you flat out that was not the case with Ricky DeBerry. There was a lot of differing opinion on whether he was a guy that could help OU or not. No, I could back you up on that 100%. Yep, yep. Uh, so look for. By Rick- the way, we never mentioned Abdul Adams at all with the running backs, and that's the guy that Lincoln Riley brings up the most. It's saying that he had the best summer out of all of them. And you know or what? Spring, I mean, we 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 come to find out that Abdul Adams had like a bad hamstring or something all last yeah. year. Like that's you know that, better, that he better have getting caught from behind. Was that at Iowa yeah. State? Yeah. Of course, he didn't finish that game either. So. Well, you talk. You know, you mentioned you thought I was high on Rodney Abdul Adams is a dude I was always really high on. I liked him a lot, and it shocked me when he got caught behind from behind because you watch his tape, and that dude in high school was all about speed. You know, yeah, he was running he away it. from people. And you're talking about Virginia, DC. I mean, you're not talking about an area devoid of athletes. And he was leaving people, and you're like, well, okay, you know that maybe this guy really is somebody. And then he got there, and it just you were like, man, something doesn't look right. But I'm not saying I knew that he was injured or anything. It just it didn't look – it didn't translate. There was something missing. And now, if, if that's the case, 
I mean, if there was any guy I was going to say I could bet on him being the guy, I would bet on Abdul Adams. I, I, I like him a lot. He is a guy that Lincoln Riley literally brings up every time the running back uh, position is talked about and people ask who's going to step up. Uh, they feel like he had a, a massive spring, and I imagine that is carried over into the summer or else they wouldn't be talking like that. You know what's going to be bizarre is if you give an award right now for best best uh, member of the 2017 class, it's probably a guy that's not even going to play in Creed Humphrey. Yeah. Uh, Creed Humphrey, or I would even go as far to say the way that I Orlando mean, Brown and, talks about Adrian Ely. Yeah, Lamb and Ely and, and Rambo all have chances to do so. But, I mean, if you're an offensive lineman, you really don't have a chance. No, but when you come in and you you literally are the talk of spring camp as a freshman two weeks into your college career, and Bill Benabos comparing you to Luis Vasquez, who is an all-pro center. Yeah. I mean, the guy came in and just absolutely tore it up. And, you know, I, I hate being that guy, but he is so strong. Now, one thing that was brought up, Baker said this uh, during media days, is that Austin Kendall will be, or uh, that uh, Chris Robinson will be returning next week. Yeah. And this is the final week of summer workouts for OU, so I don't think that, you know, don't get the idea that he's coming in to can, to pick up where, you know, working out with the team and stuff like that. Yeah, practice starts, uh, they report on the 30th of this month. The, the, the practice has moved ahead a week because games have been moved up a oh week this year gosh. so uh they only have a week now so he's gonna come back while everybody else is gone i don't get that but um maybe he's maybe he means he's coming back on the 30th when everybody else reports but it does raise the question like especially with with kyler murray being gone all summer like is austin kendall gonna win the backup job just by default it will be very interesting. I know Kyler Murray's already back in Norman. I don't know if he's back in Norman, but he's back from the Cape. Uh, that that baseball uh, summer did not go well. What, he hit 170? Yeah, he did not have a very good summer. Uh, but he's back. So, I, you know, it'll be interesting to see how quickly he can get kind of, a, I guess, accumulated back into the football realm of things. At what point do we accept that Kyler Murray is just not a particularly special baseball player? I will stand on this hill forever. I think his future still is in baseball. I, now, if you're if you're gauging like, what's he more likely to be drafted at, Major League Baseball or the NFL draft as a quarterback? I, uh, it's pretty tough for me to argue with you on that because I don't think the prospects of either are very. But good. But you know what you said? You would say the same thing about Cody Thomas one year into his college baseball career. That's fair. No, I mean, and I get it. I, I think part of mine goes into, and I, I've talked about this before. Like, I, you guys know who it is, but I've got some family connections that are pretty high in the baseball world, and I remember talking to them about Kyler when he was in high school, and they were like, "Yeah, his his sixty yard time's amazing. He he runs he runs really well. He can't." do anything else at our level i mean and, and that was literally the exact quote and i was and i i had been under the impression like this guy's an all-american you know he's he's a great baseball player but he gave me the impression like yeah that we we didn't even recruit him we weren't interested so i kind of thought well okay maybe and now now again there there are mitigating circumstances you have to understand but i i don't know but to to the bigger question to get us back on track a little bit with do you feel like this is a situation where Okay, Baker's gone down with a considerable injury. Okay, it's Kyler Murray. Okay, Baker tweaked something. We think he's going to be fine. We're up by 40. Austin, you're going in. 
Like, is, is it that kind of deal? Like, it depends on what the scenario is? I think you have to go through fall camp and pick a number two and start the season with that guy. And then if if Baker goes down for the rest of the season, you put in your number two. If he doesn't, if that's Austin Kendall and it doesn't work out, then you go to Kyle Mur- Kyle, Kyler Murray. I just think that's the way you have to do it. Especially when your head coach is an offensive coordinator that's probably done things that way his entire life. Just hearing, like, and this is just kind of my, and, and you always have to be careful in recruiting because things get packaged certain ways for, you know, reasons that I don't always even know. But just listening to recruits and to some, you know, various sources that I talk to, it sure sounds like the expectation is Kyler Murray. Like, that's no, everything right. I've ever got. No, you're right. So, I, now, obviously, Austin Kendall, you know, he's he's the tortoise, man. He's not sexy. It's not exciting. He certainly doesn't help himself by saying crazy stuff before Ohio State games. But, you know, like, uh, just in general, he's not the sexy pick. Kyler Murray is. So, I think that probably plays into it somewhat. But at the same time, like I said, everything I hear, it's it's almost full steam ahead with Murray. Well, and I mean, he was the best quarterback in the look spring great. game. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's not look. It's not like he's getting punished for for leaving and going playing baseball. But he didn't play a whole lot of football last spring, not as much as everybody else did, and he still played better than anybody else in the spring game. So that says something. I think he's just a phenomenal athlete, phenomenal gamer that can just pick it up, and he's that guy. He's that friend that you just absolutely hate because. He can just show up and do anything. Perfectly. Can never beat him in like Madden or yeah. It, Eddie, you wouldn't have had any friends like that, right? Uh, no, I don't, not, none that can come to mind. Yeah, you yeah. may you may not drink. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, yeah, I mean it, it'll be interesting, but you got to think that Austin Kendall probably did. I mean, if he's worth anything, you got to think he's gained a little bit on Kyler Murray, just being there as much as he has. But didn't look like it in the spring game. No, and, you know, I, I do think that that's, that's an interesting, I guess, storyline heading into fall camp is who's going to be the number two because when you think about Baker Mayfield's injury history before, he's not, I'm not prone to get injured, but he has missed some time before. And that's, I mean, you you lose Baker Mayfield in the the face of the season changes drastically yeah trevor knight almost comes in and lose you a 21 point lead or 24 point lead who would have known that he just like i'm so interested in trevor knight's love life right now that it it because of his super hot girlfriend yeah it almost overshadows everything that he ever did on the field it almost overshadows the sugar bowl that's that i was gonna say that's the biggest trophy he's ever won that is serious yes he can just get anything he wants oh i think the I think the 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 line of thinking that he could be on the bachelor one day is right on. there. Yes, absolutely. I'd like to see it. He'd have a hard time like taking back to the taking him back to the family, and he'd have a hard time, you know. With I hope Connor sabotages it if with that all happens. his mission work, banging chick after chick on the bachelor. Though maybe that's what he's teaching all the kids. This is how uh, you just, become a. Uh, this is this is maybe he's doing more. You know what? This is what it is. Look, I mean, he's teaching these kids everything they know about missionary. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, he's dated some of the hottest women on the planet, 
he's a serial dater. I mean, Philanderer. Yes, I mean... I respect the hell out of it, Trevor. Don't hate the player, hate the game? Exactly. Okay, so privately, I think we all have our assumptions that maybe the the reputation is a little squeakier than it is in reality. He's banging his way through Instagram. That's what I, he's doing. I, I, I wouldn't argue that point at all. But do I think that Trevor wants to present that? No. As no. such, could he fulfill the Bachelor's need for raciness? Like I think they're like, could. we don't want you leading prayer group, but yeah. we, we want you, Dude. you know, it, into the girls' quarters here or whatever. I've you never went into the, the fantasy suite. We're not going to have a daily devotional this morning. Yeah, exactly. I, I like exactly. the spin that that could have, though. <laughs> He's banging for Jesus. <laughs> BFJ. Hashtag, that, that's the pods had hashtag banging for Jesus. BFJ. Hashtag BFJ. I'm gonna I'm gonna just tweet the hashtag right then now. Why did God give me a penis? <laughs> like this, oh. they're gonna have to add a book to the Bible for Trevor. <laughs> How do and we Eddie always ha- get Eddie into religion? It. The Book of Reagan. <laughs> the Book of Reagan. Yeah, San Antonio Reagan High School. Oh, okay, I got you. Reagan raging, something. I no, was thinking more. Like, hey, Jay Brent Clark. Quit tweeting me. I don't care that uh, that Jim Ross stands on the sidelines. Like I, I'm oh, not it's Jay Brent Clark that's mad about. Yeah, it? I told him he's an idiot. Leave Jay Brent Clark alone. He said I'm great at insults, poor at information. <laughs> the guy's written like four OU books, novels, whatever. Don't buy them. Don't read them. Don't give any more money to him. He's always retweeting PETA into my timeline. Oh, that. oh. He's a PETA guy? Yes. Now wonder he's such a loser. He's not a loser. I'm pretty sure he's an attorney. and He's an activist. Writer. He activist. Does, he does, he, Carrie, I mean, you've already kind of stepped into this because he does have activist on his uh, Twitter page. I had no idea you were talking about Jay Brent Clark this entire time. <laughs> Eddie, this is what Did you know who Jay like. Brent Clark even was? No, I don't care who he is. Video guys. It's video guys for you. He's, I mean, maybe he should write about it. <laughs> I think a whole I have book one devoted his, to why is Jim Ross on the sidelines. I think one of his books is in this room. Probably. If I can find it, I'm going to burn it before we leave, we get done. <laughs> we'll do it on Periscope. You know what I really researched on the internet yesterday? You know, I was talking to somebody about they were thinking about getting a Roomba. What was that? You know, the iRobot, the vacuum cleaner? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I want to get, like, the the lawnmower version of that. Do they have one? Oh, yeah. They got lots of them. Really? What they do is they bury some wire at the Mm -hmm. edge of your yard Mm -hmm. so it knows not to cross it. But, yeah, it comes out, mows your yard for you. Mm -hmm. They're not cheap. No, Honda makes one, and I only know that because I just bought myself a new Honda mower, not an electric one. I'm... I'm a weird person who actually likes mowing my yard. So I just gave was, my dad my Honda mower. So love I I am I couldn't be more excited about my lawnmower. It rained on me the last two times I was trying to mow, and I just continued with the mowing because I was just pissed off. I'm really interested in that, though. Uh, no, I have the uh, we have a RoboVac in our downstairs, and it is worth its weight in gold. So especially with 
little kids crawling around, drooly mouths, that will keep some dog hair off their face, which is <laughs> just not an attractive look. By the way, let me say this. We didn't say it on the last podcast. Congratulations uh, to one Josh McQuistion. He has knocked up his wife once again. Congratulations, Josh. Thank you. Your penis on the sex. Your penis works. <laughs> I uh, I just see the uh, the gif of uh, oh oh damn it's it. GIF. Yeah. How do you say that? That that is it's that's a, a good talk. That's that's really the inventor says it's GIF, but the okay. world says it's GIF. I just say okay. the, the thing. Did you see that thing? I said GIF for a long time because I didn't know the answer, and I was like, I don't, I don't want to be wrong on this. I said so. GIF since like 1996. GIFs are, so. are just meant to not be said. It's just, just experience it. Mm-hmm. So you, you were, you had a story there you were developing, Josh. Uh, I had a story I was developing. No, oh, yeah, just it, you could picture a certain GIF. Yeah, Carrie or Carrie. God, I'm butchering this whole thing. Eddie said, "Congrats on the sex," and it made me think of. I put one up the other day because there was a guy on the board talking about um, taking his girlfriend out on his third, or like they're they've been dating for like a month, and he was determined they were going to have sex that night. And I'd put up a GIF from that. Um, uh, oh, the the Saturday Night Live. Uh, I just had sex, and it was a cake that had "Congrats on the Sex" on it. Yeah, that Acons on that song. It. That's a good song. Yes. That, they make hilarious stuff. Like almost everything they do is really, really funny. So, uh, but no, they won't let me. They won't let excited. me play that on the radio. Really? Yeah, because you know I put my penis inside her part. Oh yeah, that seems reasonable. That's that's probably a lot. We, well, I think we've just passed our all-time penis high. That's three now. We we've had three in this podcast. So that's a uh, way to go, us. It's a human. It's a it's a it's you know penises and vaginas. Got to be comfortable Four. with them. So, at this pace, it's going to be a new part. Okay, of the so game. how long until you find out the sex of not not we, when you're having sex again, but when we find out <laughs> the sex of the baby? Well, you know, this will be our last one. So for at this point, the the it's just all for show at this point. Are you getting so, tied up after this? Yes, yes, we're we're all done on that front. We we talked it's a lot about Laney being an only child. Well, no, 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 well, Scoop the HD lead will a- stay in this pencil, but uh, oh. I was so, going to say, Scoop HD could come and document all this. <laughs> I, th- I think I think Tiffany might be against that with her uh, having the work done. But um, but no, uh, we will know in about three weeks. She's she's about she'll be eighteen weeks next or tomorrow actually. So that is um, we've got about two more weeks to where we can find out and then start planning rooms and all the crazy stuff we've already started buying all kinds of crazy stuff. So it's it's. Josh. You kind of forget, like, and it's it's one of those things where we're really excited, but at the same time, you're like, man, we were through all this, Laney's potty trained, like, life was getting kind of easy, and then you're like, and we're going to go through the sleepless nights again and all that stuff. So, so did you try but, on this one, or was it, it was an unexpected pregnancy? No, no, no. We, we, we had decided, um, there was a conversation that Laney needed a sibling, um, as we're both only children and both totally fine with being only children, I don't really know why we felt that way. I And I say we because, you know, when you're married, everything is we. But it wasn't really my opinion that she needed a sibling. So, um, But Laney but kept yeah. after it. Yeah, yeah, Laney kept pushing. It was really a, it was a strong Laney agenda. 
And as usual, Lainey gets what she wants. So um, now is she still back and forth on whether she wants a brother or a sister? Because I, I think you told me she wanted a sister, but then she changed her mind at some point. Literally, the day I talked, you and I talked about it was the only day, and she told multiple people that day it was going to be a brother, and she wanted a brother. And in the entire time she's known about the pregnancy, which is about a month now, she has said sister every time. Like if we say, you know, like we'll be talking about, you know got to be careful with Tiffany's tummy or, you know, mommy's tummy, whatever. And she'll be like, well, why? And well, cause your brother or sister in there. And she's like, sister, she'll correct you every <laughs> stinking time. She does not play around about it. So, uh, but you know, I, she's really excited about it. She sings songs to it. I mean, she's really yeah. into it. So, you know, she calls it her baby. <laughs> so it's, wow. it's kind of, yeah, we, we'll see it now when, when mom and dad's attention is divided, we will see how she feels about yeah, that. Yeah, there's but, some um, jealousy there. Yeah, but for now, we're jacked about it, which is, you know, all you can hope for. And your dogs, they reacted well to Laney, right? One of them did. We have a black lab and we have an Australian Shepherd. Our Australian Shepherd has just now, and like I told you guys before we started, Laney's third birthday is actually tomorrow. Our Australian Shepherd can now be in the same room with Laney and not act like his hair's on fire. Um, <laughs> our black lab from day one, she's, you know, she's like a lab. She licks on her. She thinks Laney's great. Let's her lay on her and stuff. There, there's no real problems there. The shepherd, he's, he's kind of, he follows me around all the time and doesn't really like for anything to ever change. So when she came home, he was like, no, no. And, now we're going to bring home another one, and he is—he's our younger one, so he'll have more time with that baby, and will really hate us for it. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, okay, let's talk uh, some recruiting here. Uh, but Sooners pick up a big commitment this week. Josh, tell us all about it. Well, uh, you know, again, just to make sure we cover the bases for everybody out there, Jaqueline Crawford, uh, wide receiver, kind of slot guy from Rockdale, Texas, which is kind of Syntex area. Um, a guy that uh, I love, frankly, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier about, you know, there are times when I just see things differently than rivals. We've got him as a four-star athlete, and I think that's fine. The athlete designation, he could play. OU's recruited him at wide receiver, but he could play corner. So if things, you know, if a, a Micaiah Quick situation were to come up, I think he'd be fine does making that play, move. Does he play quarterback for them sometimes too? He, he did at a seven-on-seven seven event I was at. I think that had a lot to do with him playing uh, or him having kind of a hamstring issue. Okay. Um, but, but you know, he, he can play it. You know, and it's you know, we talked about it at the time. It's so weird for a guy, uh, your best athlete at seven-on-seven seven to be playing quarterback. It's the one time it doesn't make any sense because they can't run. You know, it, it makes sense on Friday night. But um, – but no, so he is a guy as a sophomore, won Texas uh, 3A state in the 100 meters with like a 10.53. So, I mean, that kind of gives you an idea. This is a, a guy with elite, elite speed. I mean, he, he's probably a very legitimate 4-4 kind of guy. So he, he can stretch the field. I've talked to him before. I think Oklahoma kind of sold him on the idea of doing some things that were kind of kind of similar to D.D. Westbrook, kind of doing some Sterling Shepard things with him. And really, that's what he talked about. You know, I asked him, who, who is the coach that is your primary contact? Who do you talk to the most? It was for him, it's Lincoln Riley. And I can tell you guys, that's never, ever, I've never had that happen in my career covering uh, Oklahoma, that the head coach was the primary contact. Like, so this kind of tells you 
how things are changing. Lincoln Riley's if, if he needs to be the lead guy, man, he'll jump in and be that lead guy. And he talked about, you know, when he went up to, for, uh, to OU a couple of months ago now, uh, really just liking the the way they sold him on, this is our plan for you. And they kind of had video and showed him, okay, this is what we're going to do with you. This is how we see you being, you know, you fitting into our offense. And he said he went to other places and they kind of told him things, but he felt like, oh, you had a real clear plan of what it was going to be. And again, I mean, this is a guy, you know, 5'11", 165, and can absolutely fly. So I, I, I personally, I think he's a top 250 guy in the country, maybe even a little better than that, maybe a 150 kind of guy. I mean, he really, he's a special talent. You watch him on his tape. All he does is score touchdowns and make big plays. I mean, he, he is just constantly around the ball. And he's pretty – I was kind of surprised. He is not a thin guy, even though he's 165. He's – he's uh, I mean, he's developed, I guess. That's the word I'm looking yeah. for. When I saw him at 7-on-7, seven seven, uh, and I, that was the first week of June. Um, you know, for those that don't know, Texas State 7-on-7 is a big deal, and, you know, they all roll out. It's a, it's a really big deal across the state of Texas. It's kind of the kickoff of – of the upcoming football season. And I, that was my first thought too, Kerry was he's a lot bigger than I thought he was. I thought I was going to get there and he was five, nine kind of, you know, kind of lanky, just wasn't going to be that well put together, but he's five ten plus. I mean, he's every bit as tall as Sterling Shepard was and is in my opinion, probably a little more physically developed than Sterling was at the same point in time. So I, I think, you know, he's got a lot to learn. He, he plays at a small school, so he kind of gets by on just being a great athlete. He's not a, a traditional route runner yet. You know, I think that was something that stood out to me. Uh, we talked earlier about um, Eddie talking with Baker. He talked about Charleston Rambo being a great route runner, and that comes from being at a great program where he was very well coached, like Cedar Hill. At Rockdale, it's not that he that Crawford's poorly coached. It's just a different level of football. He doesn't have to be that precise to be to be great, and that's that's really what it comes down to. But once he gets in, starts working with Kale Gundy and Dennis Simmons, I I think he could end up being one of those guys we look back on and say, you know, you talked earlier about who's the best 2017 guy. It wouldn't shock me if this time next year we're kind of having that conversation about Crawford for 2018. I'm just looking at the the commitment list. I mean, seven commitments in June uh, during a coaching change. I mean, that's just unbelievable. Uh, And then you start out, you know, July, midway through July with another commitment. Sooners up to number six nationally in rivals. But I know you were were talking the other day, Josh. I hadn't even paid attention to this, but it's going to be tough for Oklahoma to crack in the top five right now. Well, it is just because of you look at the top five, there's already a huge gap between five and six. I mean, Oklahoma would have to go land, you know, a, a five star kind of guy to bridge that gap and make that move. Now, you know, maybe that happens. And it, obviously, Oklahoma can get some help from guys like Bray Walker making a move up after a really good week at the opening. Uh, TJ Pledger could move up, you know, what, whatever it may be. There are guys there that could, could help them without even having to pick up another commitment. Um, but yeah, it was just a crazy month, but the, the thing, and we talked about it a little bit, it's changed a little bit because I kind of thought by this time, Oklahoma might be done or at least very, very close to being done with their offensive recruiting. They lost out on Anthony McKinney to TCU. So now they kind of have to rethink things at tackle. I still think they're in very good shape with Daryl Simpson. Uh, I kind of get the impression that maybe, He's a guy that could do something at the barbecue. I don't know that. Just kind of a, 
just kind of reading the tea leaves, I guess you'd say. Um, but with that, you know, offense is largely handled, regardless of how you want to look at it. You know, if there's two or three spots, whatever, it's now defense. Oklahoma's got to figure out what's going on with guys like Ronnie Perkins, uh, Bobby Brown, who will be at the barbecue, the big defensive end that I think kind of had gotten a little distant with OU and I think now is starting to pick things back up in the right direction. Oklahoma's got to figure some things out at linebacker where there just doesn't seem to be a lot of options that seem very realistic right now. Brian Asamoah will be at the barbecue. He's a guy from Ohio that I think um, Oklahoma would definitely take a commitment from. But And then in the secondary where Oklahoma does have multiple commitments, there's a good chance that none of those guys end up at OU and that the entire defensive back class could be different come signing day than it looks right now, which I don't know that I would say that's likely, but it's possible just because of Jordan Austin's kind of a question mark with his injuries. Miguel Edwards is a Florida guy. We you know, kind of saw that play out with Trajan Bandy last year. You can go down the list. There's a lot of reasons why that could change. Now, I should take that back. Patrick Fields is going to be part of this signing class. So let me, let me clarify that. That would have been a bad mistake. But other than that, there's a lot of volatility in how that DB class could play out. What about Starlin Baldwin? I, you know, for a long time, that kind of felt like maybe A&M was going to make a run. That's kind of cooled down now, but he's a North Houston guy. I mean, for those that aren't familiar, he's from Cypress, Texas, which is about a 45-minute drive to College Station. I mean, it's a real simple trip just literally his local highway you head up turn one uh turn on one highway and you're headed into college station so i mean it's very direct very easy and i think if a&m wanted to turn up that heat then maybe things could be in it could get interesting but at the same time if a&m does turn that up well then it goes into the season and if what what i think is going to happen at a&m happens then it probably is all for naught so i think that's starting to simmer down a little bit but Baldwin's a kid that I, I think he'll take some visits. I think he'll look around, and anytime that's going on, you have to say, you know, there's a possibility of something going wrong. I, you know, it, it seems to me, uh, just from recent retweets and things, that TJ Pledger is back comfortable being an OU guy. I think that's fair. Uh, again, another guy that I think will take some visits, I bet he takes an official to Nebraska. Um, He's got, you know, obviously one of his good buddies, Brendan Radley Hiles, is going to go up there for a visit. Now, if I'm Oklahoma, I'm trying to turn that into a, you know, tit for tat. Okay, you tell Brendan you'll go to OU, but you tell Brendan he's got to come, or you'll go to Nebraska, but you tell Brendan he's got to come visit us and try to make that work that way because Radley Hiles is one of the better corners in the country and, you know, along with Pledger is at IMG. So it's, like I said, there is a lot of stuff where, if Oklahoma misses out on a player here or there, they're going to have to start making some decisions because like earlier this week, we haven't talked about it, they missed out on Curtis Dunlap, uh, who committed to Florida. Not One of those weird deals where Dunlap really kind of said all the right things, but he always talked about he wanted to major in oceanography. Well, that was never going to happen in Oklahoma, so I don't <laughs> ever understood. I, I could never kind of get my head around some of the things he was saying in regard to his OU interest but yet how serious he was about that oceanography degree. So I, that was always trouble. But I think t- uh, Tank Jenkins, the offensive lineman that Eddie and I saw in Indianapolis, he should be coming up for a visit uh, here at some point in the next week, 10 days, maybe even for the barbecue. I'm still kind of trying to nail that down. But um, if that's the case, 
It wouldn't shock me if he jumped on board, though Auburn is starting to make a run at him. So if they lose out on him and then obviously having already lost that on McKinney, they're going to have to start making some decisions of what they want to do with their numbers. Do we want to take another interior guy? Are we are we bound to we have to have an inside guy in this class? Or was it just if they're good enough, we'll take them, and if not, we'll use that scholarship somewhere else? We went to uh, St. Louis, and – Everything seemed really good for OU with Ronnie Perkins, defensive lineman. Uh, and I know there's been a lot of uh, panic about him recently. What, what's happened there with Ronnie Perkins, kid out of St. Louis? Well, let me just take a moment to say that uh, on the board, there are some people that you referenced earlier that are super excited we're talking this much recruiting. So that's uh, you, you have filled your quota, Kerry. Everybody's going to be happy with you this week. Um, but no, with, with Perkins. I know you do. I know you They'll do. They'll find another um, reason to cry. <laughs> Stop it. Why, Eddie? Eddie. We, we, mm-mm, mm-mm. All right. Uh, no, just, with Perkins. Just, just, yeah. just terrorize Jay Brent Clark, okay? Yeah, just yell at him. I'm just going DM to. I, don't, I doubt he's a subscriber I'm anymore. I'm going to crush him. Uh, with Perkins, yeah, everything seemed great. He was really adamant. I mean, you know, you guys were there when we we did that interview, and he was talking about, couldn't wait to get down to OU. And, you know, I kind of asked him point blank at the time, you know, if, if you go down there, are you thinking about making a decision? And he wouldn't really say yes, but he sure didn't say no. So and he was going to come, felt with, like, he was gonna come so, that one time with Trevor Trout, and then he didn't. And then that didn't happen because Trevor was going to stay a little longer than Ronnie could stay. And then, you know, like a week ago, he was going to go to Texas. And then I talked to our guys at Orange Bloods, and he's already confirmed he's not taking that trip. This is just a kid that doesn't have a lot of means to travel. You know, everybody freaked out a couple weeks ago when there was talk of, like I said, the Texas visit, and then a few days later, well, he's going to go to Ohio State. Well, it was just his coach saying, we hope he can get up there. There, I'll be pretty surprised if Ronnie Perkins goes anywhere outside of about a 100-mile radius of his high school right now. It just He's probably going to wait till his official visits. I I feel about as confident as any player I could name that Oklahoma will get one of his official visits. And at that time, then Oklahoma has a chance to kind of lay out the red carpet and, you know, build on that relationship. I can tell you for a long time, he has given OU a really strong indication of his interest. Kind of even going back to, you know, I talked to some people right after the Ron Tatum thing happened when Tatum originally committed to Texas. He gave some indication of like, well, I thought I was going to play with that dude. And he's not talking about it, Texas. He was talking about it, Oklahoma. So there, there is plenty of reason to think Oklahoma is still in a good spot with him. And I know it's tough for some people to understand, especially people that have, and the people we're thankful for, Eddie, that have the money to spend on a message board and, and you know pay our salaries. We appreciate that. But not everyone has that kind of money. I mean, and I know $10 isn't what I'm talking about, but not everyone has the money to go travel and see 50 different schools and do all this stuff during the summer. Some can't even go to see one, man. That, that happens a lot. And I think that's just what this comes down to is this is a kid that just can't go everywhere he wants to go. So he'll wait, take official visits. And I think Oklahoma will go into that as probably his favorite. Uh, let me ask you any kind of feedback at all about Ruffin McNeil with kids. I mean, I know Trevor Trout got to come in right as he got hired, uh, but any, any feedback on what, kind of he's impact he's made on recruiting up to this point no and i kind of keep waiting to like just stumble onto something you know because i don't really know that's always one of the first things you want to find out is 
What area is he going to recruit? Where is he responsible for? And I'm sure, <laughs> to a large degree, he's probably been given, you know, the Carolinas and Virginia and that kind of stuff. But, I mean, let's be real. Oklahoma is going to be a true contender for about one player every three years out in that area. It's just not a place they recruit a lot and not a place they're going to have a lot of success. So I, you've got to kind of figure out where his area is going to be, and I don't even know if that's completely clear yet with that exception. Now, they'll give him somewhere in Texas because he's on OU staff and you pretty much have to have a place in Texas. So, and, you know, and obviously he has connections there, so that it's not all bad on that front. So I haven't heard a lot on that, but, I mean, again, I, I kind of go back to everybody I've talked to just what a relationship builder he is. So I don't know if he's a guy that's going to come in and make a big splash and really change things for you know some guy that maybe OU was on the outs with. But if you'll give him time and let him like let a family get to know him, kind of some of those things, I, I think he's a guy that maybe in years to come could pull some surprises here and there where you know he just a mom fell so in love with Ruffin McNeil that they were more comfortable with him than maybe another option, that kind of thing. He's that kind of recruiter. He's not a splashy guy. He's not going to, you know, write a kid 75 letters in a day to make him. He's just going to be a constant. I think that's something that has its place. You don't want every guy on your staff to be that way. But I think as time goes on, you'll see him be a steady recruiter. I I did notice – you know, Josh Proctor is a guy up in Owasso, safety. Everybody's known about him forever. Committed to Ohio State. And I, you know, you got this indication like OU was making some really good inroads. And I noticed uh, him tweeting the other day about uh, taking a trip back to Columbus. Uh, anything you can tell us there? Uh, and is OU still feeling like they're making some inroads? Yeah, I, I think Oklahoma still feels like they're in a good spot. This, <clears throat> you know, not to upset everybody, this reminds me a little bit of the Jacob Phillips situation in reverse last year. Now, I don't know that it's going to turn out that well for the newcomer in the recruitment. Or, well, I don't know. I guess the school that he's not committed to is an easier way to say that. But I do feel like Josh is saying some things kind of publicly. And then I talk to people and privately the conversations are a little different. Now, he it's not like he's told Oklahoma he's coming or anything like that. I don't want people to get the wrong impression. But I do think he is more open to what OU's pitching him than maybe he wants to present publicly, which is understandable. So I think that's that's what this is going to come down to. Now, who knows? He may go up to Columbus this weekend and decide, you know, this is why I fell in love with this place. This is where I want to be and kind of say he's going to shut it down again. I think he is going to be a guy, though, that until signing day, there's going to be a lot of talk. Um, but privately, I, I continue to hear good things. I know it's been reported he'll be at the barbecue this weekend. I think it's about a 50-50 shot. Uh, I, I know there are people that are willing to take him. I actually spoke with um, uh, some of Josh's family members, and I got the impression that there may be some things going on within their family that may make it to where they can't go to the barbecue next weekend. Now, maybe he'll go with Pat Fields, or maybe he'll do something else on his own, but I don't get the impression that that's a certainty that he's going to make that trip next weekend. By the way, I do know, I was told last night, uh, in terms of the barbecue coming up, they're going to have that indoors. I think I've said that before. So uh, don't have to worry about you know people freaking out because it's so hot. Uh, but the other thing is they've started... So no, no water balloon fight this year? I don't know. Maybe they could go outside. Maybe they could do it uh, uh, in the south end zone like with the overhanging stuff. I should have guys throwing kegs off the top of the east side. 
I think that's an NCAA violation. To throw a keg off the uh, off our upper deck? A bunch of 18-year-olds with beer? It doesn't have to have beer campus. in it. We're talking about keg throwing. What, what does that do? It's man shit. <laughs> <laughs> but they are, uh, they, they have gotten all the wraps and stuff for the walls, so they're installing that stuff now, which uh, will make it look rappy. You know, I'm sure they'll have plenty of, hopefully it'll be good. I'll say this. What I'm learning about Lincoln Riley, uh, and I know I put a tweet out about this the other day about they've kind of had, they don't have a full-time like Lincoln Riley video staff, but they've been, they've been kind of freelancing with some guys to do videos just for Lincoln Riley to put out on his account, like that one from Big 12 Media Days. They've got a real good control on what they want things to look like, you know, what they want their recruiting materials. Like, you've seen the Watch This um, stuff that they've been sending out with, with all the watch list stuff. Those have been really cool, but they've hired a new full-time graphics guy uh, in the department just for Lincoln Riley, just for the football department, because a lot of times they have to share uh, creatives with, like, Sooner Sports TV and that stuff, and they're trying to kind of build their own in-house video and and uh graphics department to kind of get their message and their image out there the way that they want it and what they've done i've been really impressed with so far i mean i'm sure a lot of people have seen it on social media it's i i think it's been great i i don't think that there's any doubt that the the lincoln riley era will be up to speed as far as social media and interaction with fans goes i mean is that fair to say yeah i mean they're really sharp they they know what they're doing I think we're going to have to put the eye emojis in our logo now. So instead of where Boomer and Sooner, the two O's, have to make those eyes. They should just have two eye emojis instead of the or actual Sooner Boomer scoop, and I mean. Sooner. Sooner Scoop. I oh. Mean. Well, I'm all for eliminating Boomer and Sooner, those horses. The horse pigs. Yeah. They should just they should just have two eyeballs. Eddie actually, I should say this, Eddie actually admired a mascot during Big 12 Media Days. Yeah, Willie the Wildcat looks like he's on steroids. Willie the Wildcat is jacked, Been dude. hanging out with Imani Bledsoe. I've got steroids I can give you if you he, really want. He doesn't need them anymore. He could walk It's all those damn push-ups. It really is. I, that's what I said. I, but, like, the, the Iowa State mascot is so sad. It literally looks like... I don't want to be too crass or politically incorrect. But he looks like... Did you ever did you ever grow up with like twins that didn't look alike? Did you ever have those in your school? Like they're what do they call those non fraternal twins. Mm-hmm. And it, it's always like you could tell one of them didn't get as many nutrients as the other one when they were in their womb. I don't know about that. It's got, that's kind of like the 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 cyclone bird. I don't even know why it's a bird. Why is it a bird? I let's just put it bluntly. I have no respect for people that have decided to be mascots. <laughs> Doesn't shock me. I don't. I don't like talking to them. I don't like looking You're at them. You're really rude to Boomer and Sooner when they when they just try and give you a high five and stuff. I don't high five mascots. I I'll just, stand by Eddie on that one. Look, the, you think that that's not embarrassing for them? Like, no, they they signed up for it. They want to do that. You don't get paid to do it. Well, people like being mimes too. Another group of the loser family. Just how about buskers? People that play guitar out in front of, you know, like in subways. 
Those people are trying to make a living. <laughs> so those people are higher up on the Eddie chain than mascots. Yes. They're trying to make money. Mascots or mimes? That's how they get found. Which are low? Which are lower? Mascots or mimes? Uh, I'd go mimes. The lowest. Yeah. Yeah. So at, at least, least mascots I, have the DC to hide their face. Yeah, and they can take it off. Except for the West Virginia guy. Yeah, that's more of a. I would consider that in the roughnecks category, though, right? He's got a. He's got a weapon. That's he has a why weapon. you're. That's why you're making allowances. Well, I mean, it's a fake gun. Let's no, that one guy killed a bear with it. That's not the one that he carries around. No, it's a real musket. I don't believe it. They killed a bear with it. At a game? No, like out in the woods. And West Virginia told him, stop doing that. Uh, Not buying it. <laughs> and let's be honest, it's West Virginia. That dude came out of the womb looking like that. So he just put on an outfit. It's no big deal. Yeah, it's just they, they, they just say, are you skinny and are you hairy? <laughs> then you're those our mascot. Two, those yeah. are the two uh, qualifications. Can you wear our our chaps or whatever those things are? Handmade loincloth. They should they should just like leave them for a weekend and and all they give them are uh, supplies to make meth. And then they come back on Sunday and they're like, <laughs> "That's the real meth." Yeah, if, if you if you have a bunch of crystal ready, they're like, "You're hired." No, it's moonshine. Did the, isn't or yeah, moonshine. It's just moonshine, not meth. They don't do meth in West Virginia. Oh my God, yeah, they do. Probably comes in from Pennsylvania, though. Uh, it, it would be yeah, like I, I if Alabama had um, a, a human mascot that just did the hair, that same comb thing they all do with the feathered kind of like bangs. left to right. Look, yeah, yeah, the huge bangs that hang out over. That Every white boy in Alabama wears their hair like that. Georgia, so too. Blaine Brown Georgia's has that really hair. Georgia's really bad, too. You're right. Our boy Blaine Brown has that hair. Oh, God. I think they he I, wants it to come may be like it, the draft. They may legally have to until they're like twenty five. Blaine wants to come to a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> He's in town. Oh man. You won't let Blaine come to a podcast? No. <laughs> Never. <laughs> what if I invite him without telling you? Uh if he's here when I got here, I'd just go home. <laughs> I don't think you would. I think you would take advantage of the chance to just burn him at the stake. Don't you think it'd be fun to interview Blaine? No. Just, just why what, about the fake moderator thing? No, because it's about not funny. Coming to Oklahoma and working for Al, why he did it? Why are you a loser? Would be my he's my not number a loser. Eddie, you're a jerk. It's fine. I think people know they get what they get. Apparently, he's done a really good job at answering phone calls. Booking guests for Al. I've done that, Eddie. It's not for Al. I've done that, the intern gig at the annual. It's not a fun job. It's not hard, but it's not fun. Well, it's not fun at the morning show. Because you're hanging out with Muffin the whole time. Uh, hearing her stories about what football player she was banging at the time. Oh, there was really only one player there was always a story about. Did he have initials? He did have initials. You know exactly who I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble. If I keep yep, going down this I'm, road. I might get in trouble from both parties. So I still hear from both You still hear from, from Muffin? From time to time. Is she still married to the bass player? I believe that is correct. Living I in Wichita Falls? Last I saw was Lawton. Okay. Oof. That's almost a death sentence. 
Sorry, Lyle. I, that it, I don't know if Wichita Falls or Wichita is worse. I bet Wichita Falls is worse because Wichita's at least got Taco Tico. I know you do, you guys don't care about that, but uh, all right. Any other business before we close this thing out? Yeah, I have a sidey, uh, just a side topic that sure. came up on the on the board this week, and I thought we all needed to cover it because I don't know this answer to either one of you two. There was a lot of conversation about cologne and cologne usage. Okay, are you are you cologne guys? Do you wear cologne? I don't own any cologne. I did really? junior high. I, I, had pro- my, I own I had probably my, four bottles. I, had I got my the impression. Polo. Wow. See, I I never thought of it as like a because it, it kind of they kind of the conversation on the board was very much like if I work alone, I needed to have a gold chain. And I was like, man, I don't. I've never worn a necklace. Well, okay, other than high school. <laughs> I never worn a necklace that, and never wore one that didn't have shells on it. So but, the majority of people think that cologne is bad. Yes. I did not know that. That was news to me. I was very interested to hear the takes on this. I cologne when I'm going somewhere nice. Like if Eddie I'm wearing a suit. brings cologne to, to. If I'm wearing a suit or like road, going yeah. out or something, I'll, I'll spray a little cologne. Not yep. Nothing obnoxious, though. No, I would and say only good smells. Your cologne smells good. Yeah. It's not. It's not. Uh, it's expensive. Uh, it's not uh, odorous or offensive. I don't. I try I, not to do things that would reflect as being poor. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh that sentence was so perfectly crafted, Eddie. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, look, I have no problem with cologne as long as it's not offensive to me. Yeah. Like, if I went to Dillard's and I smelled some cologne I really like liked the smell of, I would probably buy it. Okay. I I will say there is nothing worse though than somebody that wears cologne that it's like you like can smell panther. them from like a week from a week away like yeah. like you know what you get with this guy he's gonna load up on the cologne and the like smells like Bigfoot's dick yeah something like that fifty there's always that guy percent of the time it works every time sixty percent of the sixty percent of the time sex panther but. There's always that guy at the gym that thinks he can mask that his BO is wretched well, by putting too much cologne on or, you know, but again, I could do a whole podcast just on the disgusting things people do at the gym, but that's, that's another time. I think that that's another rule too. You can't wear cologne if you're going to a place where you're going to sweat. Like wearing cologne to go play golf is a big no-no. Yeah. Going to the gym wearing cologne is a yeah, big no-no. Yeah. Or to the pool. Like yeah, stuff like yeah, that yeah, yeah. when it's 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 going to be of no use or value. I will do say that. this though, like I think when we were all growing up and be, you know like in junior high and stuff, like there weren't all the like there was just like degree or right guard or whatever. It wasn't there weren't so many different odors of of um deodorant. Yeah. And there are a ton. Yeah. Nowadays. Like I just I just go to the Dollar General to get all my stuff because I'm a single guy, so I get my toilet paper, my paper towels, my cologne, my shampoo, uh, my hair gel, whatever. But even at Dollar General, they have like 50 different kinds of 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 uh, Old Spice smelling deodorant. 50 different ones. Like it's ridiculous. See, I'll even go a step further. I'll go deodorant and. Uh body spray that's wrong 
I like to have body spray in the car, especially like when we're out at like an you know, like we go to a football practice or Eddie, you and I are running around mm-hmm. or something. It's nice to have it hit yourself with just a little of it. Like, okay, if 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 there was a little odor going on, okay, I might I might have cured this for a little while. Because I mean, you don't want to like you don't want to be that dude. You don't be stinky. I can't go and take a shower in between every practice I go to. See, I'm wearing Old Spice Fresh. I took a shower before Eddie came over. And I just enjoy the smell of it. Do I need to come over and, and smell you to confirm this for our listeners? If you want to, you can just lift up my arm or something. <laughs> I'm wafting. Here, hold on. I'll just lean over. Yeah, that, that, that doesn't smell bad. It's a pleasant smell. It's a, it's a pleasant smell. I, I don't understand the people fresh. that go like... I, I, I've never understood the people that you can tell don't shower daily and i i take like two three showers a day you do you ruin the all the towels in the hotel room eddie you gotta them stay all up. gotta stay clean gotta stay clean plus we yeah. plus i never do this and i always want to do it because i'm cheap and eddie and i are both snorers so we we we're compatible on the road like i don't know that i've ever been as compatible with someone on the road as i am with eddie which is weird to admit now that I just came out of my mouth. But, <laughs> like, here's how strange it is. Like, I'll even share the soap. Like, not at the same time, but, like, I don't... <laughs> like, I always, when I check into a hotel, I think to myself, well, I should call down and get extra soap and extra shampoo. And I never... I'm too lazy and I never do that. But if Eddie gets in the shower before me, like, usually with most people, if I just didn't like him, I'd be like, I'm not using that soap. I'd call down right then. But, like... I'll just bite the bullet and I'll I'll share the soap. If there's another, I'll just wash it, extra, and clean it. Yeah. Yeah. If there's extra soap, well, like the I won't. The next day when yeah. they bring another soap, then it was only a one time right. deal. So, I've just never really it's soap. I like I guess that's it's kind of weird, but it's like shouldn't it always be clean? If but it's see, soap? I go. Here's what I do with soap: I go chest, torso, arms, face. And the last thing I do is man region. Oh, I go. That's why I take a shower first. I go man region and then just get out of the shower and then come out. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But see, that's why the first time I get in the shower, I make. That's why I do chest and arms because if there's any man region juices left, you're getting it out on the parts right. of your body right. that aren't. Well, and I mean, if there's, uh, yeah. If I mean, if there was, I don't. I won't use a a a. a what am I trying to think of? You got I, pubes all over. There. Yeah, like I I wouldn't use that. No, and I check that. I'm a big fan of the uh, the body wash though in a hotel. Body wash. Yeah. Body wash is good. I've never been able to pull off body wash. I guess I've never had the right scrubber. See that that comes into another etiquette question of hands or do you use I can't uh, use body wash with hands like it's do you just, use a, uh, a I feel cloth. unclean yeah and I'm not using a cloth because people jerk off into those well I, yeah, I, 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 I go past the cloth yeah. I would I've hope that the, they clean I don't even think it's a loofah but it's I, I've got the the scrubber type thing that I, I it's it's like a two-sided deal yeah one side I need to try one of those my, my, for my yeah. face and see, in my guest bedroom, I just installed a new shower head that it's like you pull out. It has a cord on it, so you can pull it out of the wall, but yet the ring is still going. And I need to replace that in my bathroom, too. 
that's that's literally what we're putting into our master bathroom, Carrie. So I'm I'm I, I will give strong reviews on that. I'm excited. Yeah, it's really cool. Next time you're up here, you just need to come over and uh, get it done. Aren't you doing all the construction yourself, Josh? I am, and literally we have to caulk the shower, and then it's literally ready to use, which is... Is that like the I, worst I thing that you can do on a Saturday, is knowing that you have to get... Because I have a buddy that's redoing his entire floors, and he's putting in like wood floors, paneling. Tile it, is the like worst. It's like the worst thing he's, uh, I've ever I've done wood of. floors many times. Really? And it's a pain in the ass, but it's doable. Yeah. But tile is a pain in the ass. The problem with tile compared to wood, like wood, you do it and you're kind of done. Like, I mean, like you fix them together or, you know, if, if but they then have you the do the joints, grout. Yeah, you got to do the grout you know, after you put it in there. But with tile, like you get the tile up, well, then you got to grout it. Well, then you got to clean the grout. Well, then you got, you like, there's all these steps and you keep thinking you're done and there's still one more thing you got to do. And like I said, right now, we've got to change all the fixtures in because we've just kind of got like stoppers on, you know, like the the shower head so that water won't run and that kind of stuff. Um, but once we just caulk all the seams, man, it's, it's pretty much done. So it's, like I said, this has been a lot of weekends spent on doing this. So I am, I will send a picture when it's done. Cause I am more than a little bit proud of it. So well, I'm spending this weekend replacing my garbage disposal. Cause it's got a hole in it. Oh, that's nasty. Yeah. It sucks. All right. Well, I took us off with that cologne, but I wanted to. I had to get that one. No, it's in. okay. We needed a two-hour good, podcast. Good talking point. I, I think it's very intriguing. I think we're all on the same page. We're 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 decent humans. I don't think that. Yeah, I don't think cologne's a bad thing. I'll say that. It's not like I took us off on a bow hunting tangent. <laughs> yeah. You think you could shoot? You think you could shoot a bow and arrow? No. I didn't either. I just like I've never I. I've probably, shot a, I've probably shot a gun once in my life. I have no interest really Shooting in a gun is fun. the outdoors. Shooting a gun is really fun. Outdoor aspects, I guess. You never you go know, to like a, gu- a gun range? No. You ever done that, Josh? Oh, I, guys, I own a gun. Okay. Yeah, so I, I go fairly regularly and shoot. So I th- love it. When well, I bought it, I really live in Houston. To... You have to be ready. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, dude. It had never crossed my mind to buy a handgun before I lived in Houston. And now I'm like, yep, I got one. So, so you got like a clip or a revolver? I've got a clip. I've got. I, I bought a nice uh, Kimber. I, I I wanted to buy an entry level. I know that name doesn't mean anything to you guys, but I went in. and I was like, oh, okay, I just want to buy an entry level, and I start shopping around and looking, and end up with a gun about twice of what I should have paid for uh, for my first ever gun. But uh, yeah, so I, I like I said, I've got the headphones I can play music through, and I go to the range and shoot, you know, a couple hundred rounds probably once every two or three weeks. So I enjoy it. All right, well, bow, bow hunting's fun. I've always yeah. wanted to have a bow. I'm, I'm, it's really cool. I'm with you on that, Carrie. It's like bowling. It's very it similar to me. It's it, it's it's very. You get into a rhythm to where you can start, you know, hitting yep. it right down the middle. And it's it's just peaceful. Like it's it's real. It's not like a gun where you're you know like I'm popping out the clip and I'm reloading and I'm doing all that stuff. Like it's just all real. You're just kind of there doing your thing. So. I tell you, revolvers are fun just because they're cool to unload and reload. <laughs> clips are pains I, in the asses to me. Clips, clips are clips can definitely be a pain. Uh, I I have got two, and I keep you know one for my like range loads, and then one for you know what I would use at home shooting intruders. So, yeah, exactly. You know they're going to get it a lot worse than any target. So 
Well, people, you got tons of recruiting, uh, tons of Josh in this one. It was all Josh all the time. Uh, also, I don't know why Ty Darlington just followed me. He wants something probably. Um, but uh, Eddie? He wants in on BFJ. Hashtag BFJ. BFJ. Banging for Jesus. Oh. You've already forgotten. He's going to unfollow me after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Ty. Uh, I like Ty a lot. Uh, but, yeah, thanks, Eddie. It's fun. Big 12 this week. Uh, Josh, thanks Good. for all your recruiting info today. Everybody, the season is about to start. I'm just telling you right now. Go sign up. If you're not a member of Soonerscoop.com, uh, you'll get daily you know, practice tidbits uh, from Eddie and I after practices. You'll be able to ask us questions all the time. So it's ramping up. Uh, I'm going to continue working on Big 12 stories. Uh, Lincoln Riley still got a lot of stuff to get to from him. Uh, Eddie was just reminding me of some stuff that Orlando Brown had told me that was uh, that will make a really good story. Uh, so go to Soonerscoop.com. If you're not a member, sign up. Uh, we may even have a special email Josh at Soonerscoop.com if you have any problems, uh, and uh, he will get you taken care of. Email me if you want Murdoch at Soonerscoop.com as well. Uh, so thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, tell your friends about the podcast. Go on to iTunes. Give us a rating. Uh, you can download us at SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play if you're on an Android, uh, or iTunes. So uh, tell your friends about the podcast. Uh, we love hearing your feedback, even when we're out on the town or on the street, uh, so we know you guys are listening. So thanks for listening once again, and we'll see you guys next week for another edition of the Unofficial 40.